The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo with big data and real-time and predictive analytics from the consumer to the enterprise. Learn how to help your organization move in exciting new directions. Here's your host, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, you are absolutely positively in the right place. Let's see what the buzz is today. Well, I found an article on Forbes.com written by a gentleman, a contributor named Ryan Caldbeck. And here's an interesting quote from his article. The article was from May 19, 2016. I think I have it here. Uh, no, I don't have it here. Yes, um, it's why early stage consumer entrepreneurs are having more success fundraising. Let me read you the quote I selected. The personalization of the consumer is disrupting the market, elevating the selection of consumer goods into an active self-expression. Now think about how that applies to you in your life. So what are we talking about here? Well, consumer product startups producing tangible goods like food and clothing may not get as much media attention as the tech gurus, the tech startups, the tech stars like Facebook and Uber. You know the media just loves to talk about them. But what about the ones producing the stuff we use every day? But wait a minute. They may be just as innovative. They are stars in the making as well. Shoppers today, you, me, everybody on the line listening, everybody around the world of our future listeners, we're looking beyond price and features. Many of us, especially millennials, and maybe they're leading the pack in this new way, we're looking for what companies do we want to spend our money with. We want companies with a social conscience. We want them with an environmental conscience. Are they doing good for the environment? Are they using sustainable materials? Do they care about other cultures around the world? Are they helping other people enter the market? So... These are the things we're looking for, and this is what is helping a lot of consumer products, new players, enter the markets and conquer the markets. So what does this mean for all of us? We have assembled a panel of three experts on this topic, going to help us figure out what this is all about. Let me just tell you who our panelists are right now, and then we will start with their opening quotes. So it will be my pleasure in just about a minute to introduce a gentleman named Satish Gajaraju, CTO for Sensify. If you want to look them up, S-E-N-S-I-F-Y. And also joining us, he's been on some Game Changers with us before, another Coming back, yes, Sanchita Sewer, S-U-R. She's the founder and CEO of a company called Mplay, E-M-P-L-A-Y. And I'll invite each of them to tell us what their companies do. And rounding out the panelists, our good friend Dave Katona from SAP Startup Focus. So we've got a great panel, and let's get started. Satish has sent me a quote from Skyfall. 
Don't scratch your heads. I'll make it easier for you. Skyfall is the 23rd James Bond film released in 2012. Daniel Craig, Javier Bardem, directed by Sam Mendes. Uh, and what you may remember most about it, maybe for the good or the bad of the movie, is that the theme song was sung by Adele. Woo, Skyfall. I will not attempt to say anything or to sing it, I promise. So let's see what we've got here. Here's the quote Satisha sent, and it's a two-part quote. Bond is talking to Q, okay? Now, Bond says, a gun and a radio? It's not exactly Christmas, is it? And Q says, were you expecting an exploding pen? We really don't go in for that anymore. Satish, I love the James Bond quote. How are you, Satish Kajaraju? I'm doing well, Bonnie, and how about you? I'm, well, thank you very much for asking. Love the quote. I think last time you were on Game Changers, you also sent us a Bond quote, didn't you? A little Bond dialogue? Yes. In the last two shows, it was uh, all of them were Bond quotes. And I appreciate that. It makes me do my looking up. By the way, in Skyfall, Bond's loyalty to M is tested when her past comes back to haunt her. While M16 comes under attack, 007 must track down and destroy the threat, no matter how personal the cost. Does that sound about right for Skyfall, Satish? Yes, yes. I'm glad. (laughs) I don't want you to get too excited now. So tell me, we're talking about CP, we're talking about consumer products, we're talking about breaking into the market, but maybe even more important, we're talking about this personalization of the consumer. And from my opening quote from Ryan Callbeck's article in Forbes, an act of self-expression. So how does this quote express that to us? Satish, please tell us more. Well, so when Q actually hands over this gun and a radio to Bond, that's all he gets for his field operations. But more specifically, uh, the gun that he always uses, the Walter PPK, in this movie is personalized to his palm print. So anyone else uh, getting hold of the gun will never be able to fire it. So what I'm trying to lead with this is, uh, you know, consumers are looking for a value-driven statement or value-driven trend that's happening now along with a personalized experience. And uh, this gun is specifically personalized for James Bond. And that's the kind of trend we are seeing in the consumer industry. You know, whether it's, they don't mind paying for a higher cost of service, but they are trying to figure out how is it personalized to me? You know, you could be buying from a big company like an Amazon or anyone else, but still uh, with this increasing consumer-driven demography of millennials and uh, the rest of the users who are falling into that uh, bandwidth, uh, it, it's going to be more simple, authentic, value-driven product that people are looking for. So uh, that's where I was leading into with this statement. Very interesting. I, I really appreciate it, and I love movie quotes. We used to have a, a fairly frequent guest on some of our other shows, Satish, and she loves movie trivia, and I was always amazed, but she liked a broad spectrum of movies, so it could be from A League of Their Own, it could be from The Princess Bride, it could be from uh, uh, Illegally Blonde, Part 2. We never knew what she was going to come up with, so I love your, I love the quotes. Um, by the way, we recently uh, got news of the passing of Roger Moore, who played... 007 in yes. a couple of movies. Do you have a favorite uh, Bond portrayer? I know Daniel Craig and Sean Connery and uh, Moore and uh, a couple of others were in there. So do you have and uh, Pierce Brosnan, of course. Do you have a favorite? Uh, my favorite is Sean Connery. 
I'm with you, kid. Absolutely. Hands down. <laughs> the best, the best. I'm sure for slightly different reasons, but thank you very much, Satish. Appreciate that. A very interesting way you segued from this quote, which are standalone, sounds very amusing, and then you related it to personalization of the consumer. And maybe we should change that to personalization for and by the consumer. But we'll talk about that more during the show. Thank you again. And by the way, anybody wondering, Bond in this movie was played by Daniel Craig. And Q is Ben Wishaw, W-H-I-S-H-A-W. Look it up. Interesting movie. Now I'm pleased to welcome Sanchita Sewer, founder and CEO of M-Play. And she has brought us another piece of culture, a quote from Ludwig van Beethoven, 1770. Apparently, uh, the way they go by his birth date was his baptism date, December 17, 1770 and he lived until March 1827. Of course, German, com- German composer and pianist, and his best-known compositions include, now when you think of best-known, you think of two or three or four, not with him, nine symphonies, five piano concerto, or concerti possibly, one violin concerto, 32 piano sonatas, 16 string quartets, his great Mass the Missa Solemnis, and Fidelio the Opera. So he was well-known for a lot of music. And here is the quote Sanchita has selected from the great Beethoven. Quote, to play a wrong note is insignificant. To play without passion is inexcusable. I can almost hear him taking a breath and a sigh in there. Sanchita, can you hear him saying that? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm doing very well and happy to be back. Delighted to. So talk to me about this quote. How does this relate to our topic of personalization of the consumer and, more importantly, newcomers, new startups in the CP marketplace? Go ahead, Sanjita. Absolutely. So, uh, Bonnie, as I mentioned earlier in the call uh, as well, that I'm not only a big fan of Beethoven uh, for his music, but very much for his attitude. And uh, you may be knowing that a lot of his masterpieces were uh, produced when he had turned deaf in the last years. And therefore, uh, I think this quote relates more to the startup environment where we have so many excuses for failing as startups, as, a, as products, but to not have the passion and pursue and uh, produce masterpieces with disabilities is so uh, inspirational. So it just uh, stops you on your tracks uh, while you're trying to even think of uh, making excuses. So it is okay to fail and falter, but to giving up, mm-hmm. but giving up is not an option at all. So I've had hard times. I still have hard times. But what keeps me going is the thought that I do not have an option to fail and giving uh, and give up. So I think that's where uh, consumer product. It's a hard world. It's a high, um, uh, you know, in, uh, investment uh, environment where you have low margins and a big um, uh, need to scale very fast. And therefore, I think consumer products and uh, entrepreneurs are very, very brave to be able to take on the challenge and uh, keep going uh, with their passion. Thank you very much. And, and Sanchita, let's back this up a little bit, back it out from the, you're focusing on the startups and the passion, and we appreciate that. Let's talk about the personalization theme in terms of where CP consumer products are going. Uh, when you think of a consumer who really, really, really wants that T-shirt customized or who really wants a special a car, a special uh, pair of sneakers. Uh, is there a, a matching passion on the consumer side that is driving the need for passion on the, shall we say, the production side of the company? What, what's your observation? 
Uh, I think uh, definitely personalization is a high, uh, not only just for consumer products. It is uh, a need of the hour and uh, the need of all uh, segments at this point of time, whether it's a, it's a B2B uh, environment or a consumer environment. And therefore, I feel um, uh, as a startup, as an entrepreneur myself, I have to have the passion and feel the need in my heart uh, myself before I start addressing the problem. And therefore, I feel this, uh, uh, all the entrepreneurs really need, need to walk in the shoes of the consumers to feel mm-hmm. the pain and the feel the need for customization. And that is why uh, currently all the customization needs that are coming in are because there is technology and there is ability for the entrepreneurs to walk in the consumer's shoes. They have much more data to understand preferences they have much more data to collect from the Internet as well as through primary studies. And that is enabling them to even understand how consumers are not going for generic products. They are gravitating towards personalized products. And everything put together uh, is giving them the information to produce uh, with predictable results and not go in and uh, build something that they believe in and then see the product fail. Thank you very much, Sanchita, and I appreciate your pa- your passion. And when we come back in a few moments around the table to Satisha, you for the part of the show called What's in Your Cup Today, we will find out what your companies do so we can refresh the memory of our listeners. Thank you. Dave Katona waiting so patiently. Dave is with SAP Startup Focus. And Dave has sent us an interesting quote from William McDonough. Dave, I just looked up the handle, the Twitter handle, and he goes by, let's see, the author goes by Bill McDonough, just point of point of note here. Uh, He is an American designer, advisor, author, and thought leader. He's the founding principal of William McDonough and Partners. I might not be pronouncing that correctly. And he is the co-author of, get this, Cradle to Cradle, Remaking the Way We Make Things and the Upcycle Beyond Sustainability, Designing for Abundance. Very interesting. Here is the quote. It's a long one, so everybody just sit back and get comfortable. Here's what Davis selected. And to use something as elegant as a tree... Imagine this design assignment. Design something that makes oxygen, sequesters carbon, fixes nitrogen, distills water, makes complex sugars and foods, changes color with the seasons, and self-replicates. And then why don't we knock that down and write on it? <laughs> that, was, that was great. Dave Katona, welcome back. And how did you find that quote? Very wonderful. Thanks. It's, it's great to be on again, Bonnie. Uh, actually, I'm a big fan of Bill McDonough's. Um, I actually had a pleasure of meeting him a couple of times years ago. I was actually on a sustainability team uh, when I was at SAP for about a year. And uh, I, th- there are so many quotes uh, when, when you talk about his book, Cradle, Cradle, and you look at uh, really the, the philosophy that he started literally decades ago. Um, has now really been truly adopted by consumers. And he has this you know, very simple set of philosophies, which is everything that you build and make, you need to consider what is going to happen to it next. And so sustainability at, at the heart of it, uh, he was really, truly considered a thought leader and an outsider when he published that book originally. And uh, today, when you look at the consumer market, people are much more aware of 
what it is they put in their bodies, where things are made, how they're made, and also what happens next. Being a, a California resident, I mean, we've been doing simple things like, you know, sorting our, our garbage into, you know, mm-hmm. uh, things that are compo- compostable, recyclable, and then have to go to a landfill. And you see, you know, simple things like that, um, that he was one of the really early stage thought leaders around how do I build what materials do I use? People talk about these green buildings. Uh, you know, all of these are, are organic, you know, products out there. And this is, this is really uh, just somebody that's really been a driver uh, and an influencer um, in this. And now you see the consumer has really started to adopt some of these principles regardless of where you live. People are at least aware of like, oh, what is actually in this? And, you know, is this, you know, uh, you know, Plastic compostable, is it going to go to landfill or do I put it in a recycling bin? So consumers are just much more aware. And this is one of the leaders, I think, that really started the process and and continues to be an influencer today. Thank you, Dave. I, w- I want to make a couple of comments here. You know I love to do that. I just yes. came back from a visit to uh, Raleigh-Durham area, North Carolina. I visited my daughter and my grandpuppy and my son-in-law. And I noticed that the way the homes are designed, the kitchens are, are very generously designed in many of the homes. But, Dave, when you have under-sink uh, under garbage area, not the disposal, but where you put your trash, they are built deep enough to have a bin for the garbage and a bin for the recyclables right in the kitchen under the counter. That seems to be standard. Now, here in New York, I'm living in an older property here, we don't have anything like that. You you uh, you take your recyclables and maybe you stick them in a separate container and stick it in the corner of the kitchen or the garage, and then you remember to take it out and put it in if you're lucky to have two bins in your building or outside. So to me, Dave, that's something that is uh, an enlightenment to, in terms of sustainability. Is that good news, do you think, for, for uh, those of us who want to preserve the planet and, and are thinking about what happens next with what we consume? Dave? Oh, yes, it absolutely is. And, uh, uh, it's so simple, uh, right? Yes. It, it, I, actually, it's a, you know, small, small things do matter. And, and you see um, the millennials and even my, my children have been raised uh, all through their school where they don't even think about uh, what goes in, you know, which bin for, for recycling. They don't even, you know, think twice about that. And it's just, uh, you know, I'm older, and when I was raised, that wasn't what you did. And so you see the new, younger consumers that are already, you know, living these lifestyles and they're actually concerned about things. It's like, uh, you know, is this a, you know, we talk about fair, fair trade coffee you, you, you can purchase, right? Mm-hmm. Where does the coffee come from? Uh, all the way to, you know, organic, you know, uh, you know clothing. Who, who would have thought that people would be interested in, in our organic clothing, certified organic clothing? Um, and you, you look at, you know, today's market and the, some of the influences that are what I call are, are hidden in the malls, but mm-hmm. obvious to those uh, that are looking for that personal buying experience that have that as a priority. 
Do you think there's a peer pressure involved? That's the last question I want to ask you, Dave, before we find out what Satish and Sanchita have been up to and what they're drinking, where they're calling from. Dave, do you think there's a peer pressure among families? For example, a, a grandparent might be in their 60s or 70s, and they visit the grandchildren, and they say, wait a minute, you have a separate bin for recyclables? Wait a minute, you're you're worried about what's happening to these products after the fact? Do you think that that sustainability is... is uh, infiltrating into different demographic cohorts from various parts, like from the millennials to their older relatives? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, and it's, it's, it's interesting to see the, uh, the uh, you know, what I call the, uh, what we'll call it the almost crowdsourcing, um, that influence um, on the older generations and those who don't care, where it's, it's it, you look at it as peer pressure, I look at it as influence. Um, because it's 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 demonstrating that practice and fundamental education. Uh, and, the, with, with, and this is a good thing people. for these new companies we're talking about today, isn't it? I'm I'm doing a shout Huge out to Christina. Christina Sosa, who is, I know she's listening on the line, and, and Manju, Manju Bunzel, who sponsored this series. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of you, Christina, because I just looked up peer pressure on consumers for sustainability. I found an article on sustainablebrands.com called The Power of Peer Influence on Consumers. I found another one, Peer Pressure and the Ethical Consumer. Another one, Peer Pressure and Consumer Behavior, 123helpme.com. Uh, technology is crucial to driving changes in consumer behavior. Another one, Harnessing peer pressure to encourage environmentally safe, uh, yes, purchases and peer pressure, the most powerful consumer influence. So I, I guess my question to the panel before we find out what you're drinking is, is this to the benefit of the consumer product startups that know how to harness social media where they can get this, climb on this groundswell, if you will, of peer pressure for people to want to have sustainable products on the consumer products level. Uh, Satish, any thoughts about this? Uh, yes. So, um, you know, with peer pressure, as you were saying, it definitely helps in uh, not only um, having the same generation to adapt behavior, but especially the older generation uh, trying to, you know, uh, work with their kids and the next generation to save the planet. Not only that, uh, you made an interesting comment about ethical consumer. That's uh, that's something uh, that you see happening more often, where consumers come back and say, hey, I didn't pay for this, and Mr. Cashier, you forgot to ring it up and things like that. Uh, and, uh, you know, th- that trend will definitely help in sustaining our planet in the long way, not just from recycling and such perspective, but the ethical thing was really interesting that you brought up. Good. Uh, Sanchita, thoughts on that, peer pressure? Uh, Bonnie, I have a question instead of comment, uh, maybe sure. out to all the people. I'm wondering uh, how much uh, it's peer pressure uh, and also how much is the government's influence. Uh, it might be a tricky uh, situation now uh, because about eight years back or nine years back, we saw a big push for clean energy. Everybody was talking about it. Uh. There were startups mushrooming all over. And then uh, slowly we are, and we had a big governmental push around climate change and environment protection and stuff like that, which again um, uh, channeled a lot of government grants and private funds into the same common theme of environment protection, clean energy, and uh, similar 
uh, environmentally friendly products. With the current EPA, um, you know, climate, uh, the cu- current uh, government position on climate change, how much of new money is going to flow into funding and, uh, you know, giving grants to startups and then sustain the enthusiasm that was built? Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to throw it out, and I was wondering... That, that's a great question. A very thoughtful question. Let, let me circle around to Dave Katona. Dave, want to respond to Sanchita? Yeah, it, and, and Sanchita is absolutely right. Where it's a, a, some of this peer pressure and you know, you know, influence definitely um, has started with government and regulation, um, subsidies, and really encouraging, um, you know, and and helping to grow essentially. Um, specific industries in, in the spirit of, you know, reducing energy costs, uh, making, you know, uh, you know, water cleaner and, and, you know, helping to reduce, you know, everyone's carbon footprint. At the end of the day, that's really what it's all about. And that's, that, that, that has been an absolute, you know, huge influence. Um, I, uh, being here in Silicon Valley, I, I saw a number of startups, you know, crop up doing everything from being able to just simply monitor your energy consumption to entire, you know, solar panel manufacturing companies, people that were making, you know, smart, smarter uh, batteries um, that were greener. I mean, all sorts of different influences, um, you know, including, you know, from a consumer product standpoint, being able to being forced and having a lot of debate around, you know, is this a genetically modified organism, you know, mm-hmm. plant species that's going into my food? How do I label that? And things like that that you've seen really help influence and drive behavior across the board. Thank you, Dave. Satish, thoughts about St. Cheetah's question to you? Well, see, money definitely talks, and uh, new government grants and uh, uh, such uh, incentives definitely help. We wouldn't be driving so many electric cars if the government wasn't subsidizing them. And it's all about reducing the uh, the carbon footprint, like David said. Uh, Government influence definitely helps and actually drives a lot of... uh, uh, a lot of the in, uh, incentives to fruition, and maybe that actually will end up being the tipping point. And that would be a good one. That's, Thank that's, you very much. Yes. And you know what, Satish, while I have you on the line, although you're never too far away, it's a small table we're sitting at today, uh, I'd like to know, first of all, three questions. Where are you calling from? Number two, tell us, remind us what Sensify does. Just give us the 60-second overview, if you don't mind, and then tell us what are you drinking today while you're on the air with me or what are you planning to drink later that will really make you smile or make you feel great or both, Satish? Okay, I'm calling from uh, Orange County, California. Uh, quite a sunny weather, although, although June gloom has set in. Um, about Sensify, uh, we provide an Internet of Things platform to remotely track, trace, and monitor um, item-level inventory, as well as uh, mobile assets like your vehicles and trucks and things like that. Uh, Our platform covers item-level inventory using RFID, and we have a telematic solution that's designed for in-transit cargo, uh, customized for, uh, you know, large trucks down to passenger cars. Uh, We have several customers worldwide uh, using our solution to monitor their inventory throughout their supply chain. Uh, coming to what I'm drinking today, it's an interesting drink. Uh, it's called the Audition. 
and uh, it's it's an organic uh, cold press juice from a chain called LA Press, LA as in Los Angeles. Uh, ingredients in the drink are uh, you know celery, pineapple, orange, apple, beet, and turmeric. But I think the drink that will be quite uh, suitable for you, Bonnie, is something they call as the producer. The Maybe producer. That should suit you. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, okay, yes, what goes in that? I buy. Uh, what goes in that? Fresh. Sorry. The, the the producer. So what what is in that drink? The producer. They have. Uh, it's called the super all greens drink. They have cucumber, celery, spinach, kale. Sounds good. I have kale in the refrigerator right now. I have one little not-too-fresh cucumber. I could probably put that. <laughs> very, very interesting. Thank you very much. I appreciate the thoughtfulness. Sanchita, where are you calling from? Tell us what M-Play does, E-M-P-L-A-Y, and what are you drinking today, or what would you rather be drinking? Okay. So I'm calling from Livermore, California, and um, M-Play, uh, at M-Play, we build AI-based recommendation engines for sales, uh, which provides a GPS-like personalized turn-by-turn guidance to sales reps on which accounts to pursue, what to sell to them, at what price, uh, who to partner with, who to contact, what to say, etc. Uh, we also build sales bots that not only recommend to the salespeople what to do, but also perform actions on their behalf by writing personalized emails to uh, various contacts. And uh, so as David on this call puts it, that it's a highly intelligent and a tireless sales sherpa uh, for our consumers. Um, uh, What I'm drinking today, uh, Bonnie, my cup is empty. Um, I am here to soak it in. I'm here to learn. And, uh, but normally uh, I'm a big green tea fan. uh, So at any time of the day, you can uh, see me with a cup. But right now it is empty. Okay, and and so what are you planning to drink after the show when you fill that? Will it be green tea or will it be something uh, something else? Yeah, I think it's going to be a green tea again. Okay, Sanchita, it's a pleasure to have you on. And Dave Katona, where are you today? And any comments on what they were drinking and what are you drinking, Mr. Katona? Well, I'm in uh, sunny Palo Alto today and actually uh, drinking out of our uh, magic push-button uh, connected coffee machine, a, uh, a latte. So uh, that grinds beans fresh, goes in and actually makes the latte uh, almost as good as a barista. So, uh, <laughs> Al- and, almost I, and I mean that seriously. Yes. I get comments all the time. People are impressed on how good the coffee is here with our magic uh, coffee machine from Europe that you just touch one button. That's it. Talk about personalization, right? It has many ways to. That's right. Many ways to personalize. If you want, you don't want your coffee personalized. You're not a breathing person, right? Even if you just say just black, how dark do you want the beans? How how strong do you want the roast? There's got to be some shades of meaning in there. Thank you very much to the three of you. Uh, I'm sitting here on Long Island looking out at the rain, but I have my cool, clear glass of cool, clear filtered water. That's all they let me drink on radio days, and this is a doubleheader. Already had a show at 10 a.m. this morning, and I have a pink straw because I'm hoping, hoping, hoping the weather will clear up sometime before the 
end of the day. And just maybe we'll get sunshine here in New York. Again, it's been kind of gloomy, but I'm happy to be here. I'm Bonnie D. Graham speaking with a very stellar panel. They sure know what they're talking about. Satish Gajaraju at Sensify, Sanchita Sur at MPlay, and Dave Katona at SAP Startup Focus. Shout out again to Christina Sosa listening avidly on the phone so she can take it all in. And our topic today is consumer product startups, new ideas, fresh technology, better solutions. Well, what more could you ask? So we're going to take a quick break and come back with a kind of a lightning round roundtable because we only have about uh, 20 minutes left. So we're going to get it all done. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. This is the pause that refreshes. We'll be right back. Kevin out. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like big data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line, if you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line, you need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at twitter hashtag sapradio now let's get back to startup focus with game changers Welcome back. Very interesting topic. We're talking today about consumer product startups with Satish Gajaraju with Sensify, Sanchita Sur at Play, and Dave Katona at SAP Startup Focus. So we're now in our roundtable segment, and we're looking at topics each of the panelists has provided to me before the show. And let's see. We're going to kick it off with Satish at Sensify, and I'm just going to read a little bit. Satish will add to it, and then we will get Sanchita and Dave to comment, and then I'll pick something from Sanchita list on and on. So here we go. Satish says, waste reduction assists in sustainability. It's another value-driven solution. Satish, why don't you give us some of these statistics you have? Yes. So um, according to uh, Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, 30% of food, that's about 1.3 billion tons, perishes while in transit. So this could happen due to delays in supply chain or because somebody didn't know that uh, there's medicine or food that should be unloaded first and moved into another mm. place for storage. 
but if all of these things were, all this information was transmitted earlier with precise contents um, detailed out, you know, we can schedule equipment, people, and other things to work around traffic or whatever to make sure it is moved out uh, to the right location. Uh, there's another thing that's come up a couple of startups are working on for hotels where they put some edible sensors on buffet trays to make sure that the temperature is maintained to what it should be. Because in some countries, they have regulations where if, if it goes under a certain temperature, the food has to be thrown out. So uh, this is an interesting uh, or a very interesting topic for me because it saves uh, the planet from all uh, wastage. And, uh, yes, we are talking about food, but there are several startups that actually focus on other things that can be uh, you know, measured and, uh, and uh, reduce waste, thereby increasing sustainability. Uh, that's what uh, I wanted to uh, expand about uh, this statement. Thank you. That's just fascinating. Uh, did you mention that 30% of food, 1.3 billion tons, perishes in transit, according to the UN Food and Agriculture Organization, every year, Satish? That's yes. a big deal. That is really a big deal. Okay, we don't want that to happen. Sanchita, any thoughts on what Satish just mentioned before we get to your topic in a minute? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think uh, the uh, one thing that I'm noticing more and more in the consumer products world, it is not about innovating so much or re-innovating so much uh, or incremental innovation on the current products, but how technology is being embedded in the current products, uh, like wearables. You know, it's, it's again, uh, something that you wear, but it has technology uh, embedded. Or it is uh, something, uh, you know, that you use, but then again, it has technology enabled. So I think consumer product innovation is now almost uh, 50% of the, uh, you know, innovations are all around embedding technology within the current products. So as Satish was talking about this whole, uh, sense of technology to reduce waste, uh, I feel um, what I'm hearing here is technology enablement and uh, technolo- embedding technology, and that's where we see most of the innovation that is happening in um, uh, consumer products. This not only uh, enables us to do things better and make it more sophisticated, but at the same time, it helps us collect data and then coming back to the same point we started this morning, being able to customize those products because now we have more data to connect. Thank, thank you very much. Dave Katona, thoughts, please, on what Satish introduced. Yeah, it's, it's really fascinating uh, how much uh, food literally is perished and, and, and wasted. And I, you know, it, it's, it's a huge number. And this gets down to, you know, and I look at the... Um, the way consumers have, you know, gained access to more and more information where you look at the Internet um, and them being much more informed now. And there's a huge opportunity, um, much like what Sanchita was was commenting on, to actually take advantage and, and do some innovations that will actually make what I call green and sustainable practices more sustainable and reduce waste. And the well-educated consumers now are asking those types of questions of how does this impact the world? Where is that waste? 
Um, and uh, it's, it's really about um, getting those big brands um, to realign uh, with the more agile, uh, you know, smaller players that are doing some of these practices. But it's a huge, it's a huge challenge. But um, you see some of these uh, smaller companies really put an influence on, on, on the big brands to, uh, to make those changes. But it's, a, yeah, I think, a tremendous opportunity. Now we've got to figure out how to act and make this uh, a reality to reduce waste. Thank you, Dave. And that goes back to our earlier mention about peer pressure. It can be peer, can be yes. companies, not, not just consumers. So we've taken it to another level. Uh, Satish, anything you want to wrap up quickly on this topic? Because I'm ready to move on to something else in Sanchita's notes. Uh, yes. So, you know, Sanchita mentioned uh, wearables, and uh, that, that's increasingly becoming prevalent in the entire industry, not just the consumer world, uh, in enterprises to actually uh, assess what is, uh, what is located where so that it can be, uh, you know, relocated or consumed or uh, measured for any utilization. So, uh, yes, uh, being the sensors getting embedded into uh, current products and enabling them, it's all about eliminating counting and manual tasks within an enterprise, and that's where the sensors would come into play. And... Uh, I think that should be a good uh, closing statement, I think, for the statement. Thank you very much. Appreciate that, Satish. And, uh, Sanchita, here's an interesting thing you told me you want to talk about. You say there were three areas of innovation that startups are better positioned than large corporates in consumer products. One is choice of materials. One is services may be replaced by consumer products, many services. And three is products that address white space or needs. Sanchita, why don't you take us through this, please? Absolutely. So, uh, Bonnie, I just came across an article uh, where CD Insights listed the uh, listed 110 products that failed, and 90% of them were consumer products. So you see that it is mm. definitely an uphill task uh, for a consumer product entrepreneur to come up with an idea and then uh, fructify it through a long drawn process of innovation distribution, and the ability to sustain till the product really takes off. And therefore, one thing that I was noticing of all the products that failed were that they were incremental innovations. And therefore, even in consumer products, even so in consumer products, it's very important that entrepreneurs think about disruptive innovation that can not only garner uh, attention from consumers, but also investors. And therefore, uh, I came down to these three areas where I found that most of the successes uh, really uh, reside. The first is, of course, choice of materials. And we've talked about uh, having more environmentally friendly and more healthy options that the consumers want to choose. But they also come with a price tag, not only to source materials, but also to produce them, store them, uh, because you're not using a lot of preservatives and stuff to that. Mm -hmm. And therefore... Um, you have to not only market, market it, market it for a long time because you're changing customers' perceptions, behaviors, and consciousness levels. That's a very big task. And therefore, uh, that's definitely a challenge, and that's why I definitely salute people who go down that way And because it is only pure passion that can keep you on track because it's going to take a long time. 
the second area that I'm seeing a lot of innovation uh, that succeeds are that many of the services that we now uh, buy, they are converting from services to products. Let me give an example. For instance, uh, nowadays you're getting attachments on your iPhone that can quickly take a picture uh, of your year and then send it to a processing center to see why is your kid's year hurting, what may be the problem. It can, uh, you can take your uh, vitals, uh, you know, measured at home. You could have your heartbeat recorded. You could get your blood sugar recorded and then sent out via phone into these intelligent processing uh, systems that are able to not only diagnose the problem, but are also able to recommend. So you've now just reduced the number of uh, preventive, uh, preventive, uh, preventive, or even uh, you know, uh, you know, simple doctor visits mm-hmm. by converting the service into a product consumption area. So this is again another area where we can think of innovation, and those innovations are sticking. Mm-hmm. And the third area we see are white spaces, not products that we're already using, and then we incrementally improve them. But we are really looking at white spaces that have. Uh, come up because of the new lifestyle that we live. For instance, um, there is an uptake of EMF shielding clothing. You are bombarded by these microwaves all over because there are cell towers, you have Mm -hmm. wireless routers at home, you have cell phones that you're using all the time. And therefore, and that definitely has a big correlation to your health. And therefore, um, there are companies that are coming up with EMF shielding clothing. Uh, Secondly, our lifestyle now... uh, um, wants us to, you know, keep going for longer, and therefore, hence, the energy drink is really picking up. Or again, variables that monitor your kids, variables that uh, are able to, uh, you know, look into your vitals and send it. So these are the areas uh, that are disruptive. They are new. They have white spaces. Not many people are in. Um, primarily technology-led. And this is where the, uh, where the consumers are gravitating towards uh, to get something new into their portfolio of consumer products. Uh, and so I feel that of all the 10% of the consumer product companies that did succeed, all of them had this kind of flavor. And therefore, I feel incremental innovation is good, but just the nature of consumer product industry, the investment that it requires, uh, people have to think more in a disruptive manner and uh, create new products. Thank you, Sanchita. Very interesting. You covered some really great material. Dave Catoni, you want to comment on the areas where Sanchita said consumer startup, consumer product startups have a chance to be disruptive in a very good way? Yes, I, and I, I, it, it's interesting seeing the level and uh, of some of these products and how, how disruptive they, they can be. And you look at, uh, I'll go back to wearables, for example, a personal story of my son, uh, who's 14, last night uh, with a, 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 an Apple uh, watch monitoring his heart rate and literally... He's at he's fourteen, and you would think a fourteen year old wouldn't really be concerned about that. But he was sitting there and saying, "Hey, I'm, I'm, he was sitting there playing with his watch and monitoring his heart rate." And wow. uh, and it was just like you know, a fourteen year old, you know, being that that health aware because of a wearable device is is, is I, I found it just an interesting observation. The um, 
opportunity for uh, th- these consumer products. Uh, and if you look at, um, you know, at what Sanchi was talking about, is moving from what I call services to products is really helping to transform. And I've been working in, uh, with the, the healthcare industry team here at the SAP. It's a huge market. Um, that is going to really, truly continue to transform uh, our uh, literally well-being uh, as people. Uh, getting that information and getting access, uh, you know, to uh, as much inf- you need to to take care of your your health is going to be really critical. But a huge opportunity, though. Um, for startups to, you know, in across the board, from you know, literally the things you eat to the things you wear, um, to you know, the way that people run their business, and back to Satish's point as well. When you look at just from a pure supply chain management perspective, trying to reduce waste, um, all the way to you know, having that wearable device that keeps track of your health, everything we do, everything we touch, um, there's opportunity uh, for startups to actually innovate uh, really across the board. Thank you, Dave. Satish Kajaraj, would love to get your thoughts on this very provocative topic. Great insights from Dave now commenting on Sanchita. What do you observe, Satish? Yeah, wearables uh, have really uh, disrupted the market. And from a business point of view, what better way to uh, ultimately increase your bottom line? Once you have somebody uh, monitoring uh, their own health, you know, people get, uh, why is my blood pressure down early in the morning? And they, they probably go and uh, buy something to or go visit a doctor. It, it keeps the economy churning all the way, but also gets more information. Uh, it's the power of information that's given to the user. So, yes, wearables is a way to go and, uh, you know, paired with all kinds of sensors that's around us, we can mm-hmm. constantly uh, be aware of uh, where we are and how uh, personally we are doing. And uh, one idea somebody was throwing around was, you know, your drinks are getting spiked most of the time. And how would you know if it's getting spiked? spiked? Maybe mm-hmm. there's a sensor in your smartwatch that you can probably bring it close to the drink and sense if its contents have been spiked or not. Now, such a white space, as Sanchita was saying, definitely exists in this market where, uh, you know, somebody can not only disrupt and bring some new technologies, but also maybe make it safer for all of us. Wouldn't that be a wonderful world, a much better place where we would feel more safe? Not only Dave talking about his 14-year-old using the heart monitor on an Apple Watch to monitor his, his own cardiac performance, but where we would feel safer about our young people going out and socializing and knowing that they were able to check and see that what they were drinking or eating had not been, uh, shall we say, impacted by, well, what do we call them today, bad actors? We'll just leave that alone. It's nothing to do with General Hospital. Sanchita, this was your topic. I'm going to give you just 30 seconds to wrap it up before I go back to Satish because we are technically in the crystal ball prediction round. But Sanchita, just a quick one or two sentences on what Satish and Dave shared. No, I absolutely agree, uh, absolutely agree with them. And uh, one important statistic is uh, Vinod Kosta, uh, who is one of, uh, one of the largest uh, value investors, he once mentioned that 80% of the doctors uh, may be replaced by algorithms. Now, this is a very extreme, uh, you know, prediction. But at the same time, um, if not 80%, it is becoming overwhelmingly real uh, as we go along. So 
So we just have to keep that in mind that um, at the same time, they will all come with the pitfalls of false positives as well as algorithms uh, going bad. And therefore, we have to consciously um, balance out technology and uh, our well-being uh, before uh, we, you know, innovate too much and uh, uh, we should have definitely uh, good targets. Thank you very much, Sanchita. Satish, I'm going to give you 60 seconds for your prediction. Take a look in the future. I'm keen on 2020. Up to you how far you look ahead. What will change about this topic of consumer product startups? Satish Gajaraju, 60 seconds. Go. Well, what will change uh, in a few years based on these consumer products is because we're all going to lose our privacy. Somebody else is going to tell me, hey, this is what you ate yesterday, this is where you drove, and <laughs> this is how much you charged. Oh, by the way, your bank balance is too low, or how, do you, how were you able to buy this without using a credit card? Maybe it's, uh, it's an undisclosed source of income that you used and you paid cash. That's where all this is heading with sensors and monitoring of where we go, what we eat, and maybe even how much we eat. So I think by 2020, uh, somebody else is going to tell me what I did and what I'm going to do in the next couple of days as well. Oh, it's the predictive side that worries me, not what I did. It's what, you know what, you can be very embarrassed or even that. That's a different form of pressure, peer pressure. I don't know if you'd want those people. I don't know if you'd want those people to be your peers, Satish. Well, Satish, we know you had too much caffeine yesterday. And what about that piece of chocolate cake you had last night? Really? Friday's coming. You have a wedding in two weeks. You really want to fit into the, uh, never mind. We won't go there. Thank you. Very provocative. Sanchita, I have 60 seconds, just 60 seconds for you for predictions. Go ahead please. I think uh, it is possible that consumer products industry gets redefined because if you really see what we consume throughout the day, we are probably consuming more digital uh, content, uh, digital products, as well as downloading more apps than making runs to the store. So I feel that consumer product um, industry uh, is getting more tech-savvy, tech-enabled, um, uh, technology products are more a part of our uh, portfolio of consumption. Uh, it takes more of our mind share. It takes more of our time share. It takes more of our wallet share. So slowly we might see a big redefinition of consumer products. And, um, and then, of course, uh, that will lead to uh, many more ramifications in terms of uh, uh, you know, how we uh, you know, interact with each other. And therefore, uh, that's my prediction. Thank you very much, Sanchita. Dave Katona, I saved a whole 90 seconds for you, Dave. Go ahead. Wow. I know. He's, oh, be, be overwhelmed, I dare you. Go ahead. That's, that's, that's quite all right. But I, I, to, to play off of what, what Sanchita was just discussing, um, because a, a lot of consumer uh, you know, buying habits have changed, there's a huge opportunity for a lot of these what I call big brand players to actually transform uh, themselves and I see uh, it in you know the next three years huge opportunity for startups uh, to be what I call uh, the new agile mortar between between the traditional retail bricks in brick and mortar stores uh, and technology is really going to overtake um, buying recommendations as well as the ability for those brands to react faster in addressing customer needs and looking at customer trends. 
And so uh, increasingly um, getting these brands to engage more, whether it's with, uh, you know, augmented reality, virtual reality, uh, digital to brick-and-mortar store engagement, and even the basics like supply chain to meet specific demand spikes um, in in those buying habits, I think is going to be tremendously important for uh, those consumer uh, products brands. Um, and getting those, you know, literally, you look at the influence of, a f- you know, fashion bloggers have literally on, you know, taking a picture of, a, you know, a nice pair of shoes and the reaction that they get and how do they react to that trend? How do they react to a health trend where we find the next, you know, superfood, you know, everyone's drinking, you know, kale smoothies and eating kale right now. How do, how do they react to that? Um, Thank you, Dave. I have to react to that because we are out of time. Thank you for your very interesting predictions all. Satish Gajaraju at Sensify. Thank you, Sanchita Sewer. And in play, thank you, Dave Katona. Always a pleasure at SAP Startup Focus. And it looks like Christina Sosa has managed to unfreeze her laptop because she is tweeting again at SAP Startups. Plural. Thank you very much for the tweets and retweets, Christina. Thank you to Kevin, our engineer extraordinaire at the Business Channel. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Ah, tomorrow I'll be back with, let's see, we have Coffee Break with Game Changers, brand new live episode, don't we always? 11 a.m. Eastern here on the Business Channel talking about the art of storytelling in sales part deux. We're waxing French. So here's my call to action today. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Satish, just like Sanchita, and just like Dave and Christina. Shout out to Manju. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. And please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.